Welcome once again to Cinemaholics. I'm John Agroni. I'm the box office columnist for Adam Tickets and also the head writer of Cinemaholics.com. I write books. You know the whole deal. He is a pop culture writer for Cinema Blend. He also writes about film for Cinemaholics.com. It's Will Ashen. Hey, hello. I'm always like trying to do something new with the intros and then I like, got caught like between yeah. two. I think I was going to say hi and hello. So I just did a combination of the two. Well, for a second, I thought you were trying to say howdy ho. So, well, I think I, that actually might have been what I was trying to do, and I was mm-hmm. like, I should be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it my needed a little doing. bit more practice. I understand. Yeah, it it was like saying say three things at once, and then my brain didn't <laughs> didn't process it, so it came out of the jumble. I apologize. Well, this episode of Cinemaholics, we're going to be talking about many many movies at once because it's our winter movie preview. That's right. That's a nice one of our transition. <laughs> one of our most fun segments. Thank you where we're going to be talking about our most anticipated films coming up in the next few months. But before we get to all of the fun, the pomp, the circumstance, just want to let you all know that as always, you can find more episodes of Cinemaholics, our full archive, our written content, everything on cinemaholics.com. And if you're interested in becoming a monthly supporter of the show, please consider going to Patreon and looking into our tiers and perks and how you can donate. And if you don't feel like donating, you're still in the mood. You know, it's been, maybe it's been uh, it's been a big week. Holidays are coming up and you're like, well, you know, maybe yeah. next month, maybe January. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher and consider leaving us a five star review to let us know what you think of us. Um, now, if you want to leave us like a, a one star review, you can always send us an email instead. And to do that, just <laughs> email us cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what's on your mind. And if you have any feedback, we'll be sure to address it promptly. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you about the winter season, and yep. we got some off topics to get to before we get into all the fun. First up, mm. big bonus episode, not big in the literal sense, because it was only like 15, 16 minutes long, yeah. but I had a chance to talk to Kelvin Harrison Jr., star of Loose and the film that just hit wide release, Waves, which mm. I, I believe is now playing in Pittsburgh, correct? Uh, Yeah, it just started here on Friday. Yeah, exciting stuff i hope you check it out soon i had a great time talking to kelvin uh you could tell i'm very nervous in the interview i i didn't i it was one of those interviews where i was just like i just want to let this guy talk um he's Mm -hmm. a very very intelligent outspoken passionate young actor and i i'm so excited to see what he does next and he's had a big year Uh, what definitely one of the one of the performers i'll be mentioning when we do our our top 10 movies of 2019 episode in the next few weeks so I also got something to plug. I just remembered this now. I, I meant to tell you this earlier, but um, I got a chance back in September to go back on the Crooked Table podcast. That's right. Uh, yeah. With uh, Robert Yannis Jr., who has been a guest on the show uh, basically every time I'm not around. <laughs> That's right. I don't I don't think he, we've ever been right. on Cinemaholics together. I'm still but, not um, sure you're the same person or you're not the same person, I should say. That's well, I mean, that's why you have to listen to this episode, I guess, because it proves that we are two separate people. Perhaps uh, unless you record yeah. it twice and just sort of splice the audio in yeah. such a way. Well, in any case, I would recommend it. Uh, we talked about Punch on Glove, which is another one of my favorite movies. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation and I hope people check it out. Yeah, that is a great movie. And yeah, I started listening to that episode uh, pretty recently. And I can tell that you and Robert had a had some good time with that because I think it was Robert's first time watching Punch Drunk Love. Correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. It, it seemed like he really liked it, and obviously I love it. So it's a good conversation. Very nice. All right. Well, you can find that in the Crooked Table podcast. Other than that, uh, we just want to let you all know real quick 
that our extra milestone is going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're still working on the November one, running pretty late on that. It's tough. We haven't had time to record, but we're going to be recording our episode about the life of Brian or Monty Python's life of Brian, I should say. And that'll be coming up shortly. And you'll be able to vote on the extra milestone film that we're going to be reviewing for December pretty shortly. So that's going to be coming up soon. All right. uh, Let's uh, get into our question of the week. And this one's been a couple of weeks coming. So way, way back in our, I believe it was our Frozen 2 episode, we asked you all, what are some 2019 movies you want to catch up on over the holidays? You had two weeks to answer. So we had a good amount of answers. We don't have time to get to every single one. But just to get through a few of these, you know, I I think this question was fun. I think people had fun with it because we're all thinking about films we can catch up on over the holidays. In fact, in the interview I had with Kelvin Harrison Jr., I asked him, I was like, oh, you know, what are some films you've seen recently? And he was like, oh, there's he, he hadn't watched a lot of current films. He's like, yeah, I'm going to watch a whole bunch over the holidays. So it's clearly a, uh, a pretty common thing for people to mm-hmm. be distracted and uh, try to find reasons not to hang out with their families. But uh, at least that's for me. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, is that fitting of waves or not? I don't actually know. Oh, geez. I'm not uh, going there. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. So Jancy says in the comments section, I really want to see Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at some point, but I'm really hoping it hits streaming or at least a rental service. I haven't even seen it on Redbox yet. So I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you can buy right now. And I think it's about to start streaming. Um, in fact, yeah, actually somebody responded to the comment. I believe this is true. You'll be able to rent Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on December 10th. So just a couple days from now. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, I mean, depending on when this episode comes out, it might be that day. So it'll be uh, available for your note. That's right. And uh, I think that one's a shoo-in for big pi- or for best uh, best picture. I think that's fair mm-hmm. to say. I think it'll big get nominated. Pick. Uh, yeah, I think it seems like it's pretty likely at this point. It's still an open race, obviously. I'm very curious, um, cause it seems like there are a few other films that are coming up now or just recently released that are vying for it. Obviously it's that month and I don't know exactly how, say like Uncut Gems or, um, Little Women or 1917 or Richard Jewell are going to fit into here, but uh, it seems more likely than not that there is any like certainties in this race. That's one of them. Yeah, if there's any film I think is probably going to not make the cut, it's probably Jojo Rabbit at this point. Oh, I don't know. I think that actually might win. Uh, I'm, you I, think so? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd rather it didn't. But my, my Oscar it, prediction at this point is that I, I don't think it's going to get nominated for Best Picture. If it does, I think it'll just barely squeak in there. But I definitely don't I think don't it's going to win. I think it's going to be a green book and might might win some more stuff mm, than you're anticipating. Uh, well, we'll see who's proven wrong <laughs> pretty soon. Uh, February yeah. to be exact. Or actually, we'll know about the nominations at least pretty soon. So, All right. Jeez Louise said, The Farewell and Midsummer are two films I'm finally setting time aside to check out, mostly based on the good reviews, but also because this seems like a perfect time of year to watch some indies. I couldn't agree with that more. Well, I've been catching up on yep. some indies myself, actually. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them have been very interesting and some contenders for some of my favorite films of the year. Have I told you yet? I, I watched uh, One Child Nation pretty recently, that documentary from... Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah, that, that is a fantastic documentary you can watch right now on Amazon Studios. Any any other any indies that you've seen recently? Yeah, I just saw Honey Boy on Friday. Um, I was telling you about that a little bit off the air. I, I liked it a good bit. I'm not um quite as taken i think by it as you were and i still haven't listened to the, i'm gonna wait until i see waves listen to the conversation even brendan katz had but um 
Yeah, I liked it a good bit. Um, it didn't hit me as hard as I was anticipating, but I'm really glad that Shia LaBeouf made it because it's definitely a type of movie that uh, I just love movies that are very personal and very like trying to be a better person or a more fulfilled person at the end of it. And I think that's definitely what happened for Shia. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. Yes, yeah, very personal film, as personal as it gets. Sounds to me, though, that you're a bigger fan of Peanut Butter Falcon than Honey Boy. It sounds like. Um, I don't know. I think about the same on them. I mean, I think... Like, if I were to choose one to rewatch, I'd probably be more inclined to rewatch PMR Falcon because it's a lot more of like a crowd pleasing, you know, fun, good hearted movie. And obviously, uh, Honey Boy is a lot more raw and immers- emotionally searching. And so it's not always like a very, uh, hmm. like entertaining film to say the least. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm about the same on them. All right, I have a question for you, Will. And so this comes from our comment section. Baroque said, there are a whole bunch of animated movies I skipped the theater for, and I'm pumped to see a handful. How to Train Your Dragon 3, Lego Movie 2, and Secret Life Pets 2, maybe Missing Link as well. Now, Will Ash, I have the only one of those films I haven't seen. Well, okay, two of them I haven't seen. The only one I haven't seen that I'm thinking about maybe seeing is Missing Link. Should I check out Missing Link before the year ends? Is Is that a good film to catch up on? Um... As a possibility for it being on your best list? I don't know. Or at or least having some context for how animated movies shaped out in 2019. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent film. I mean, I think it's more aesthetically pleasing than narratively satisfying. But, um, I mean, it's a gorgeous looking film from an animation standpoint. It's certainly not my favorite like of film, but uh, I wouldn't dissuade you from seeing it. All right. So it sounds like I'm going to see Secret Life of Pets 2 instead. I haven't seen that one. So yeah. I would say over the if it's between Missing Link and Secret Life of Pets 2, I'd pick Missing Link. Yeah, I think I'm right there as well. Uh, Corey W. just had a comment um, that I, I wanted to bring up. So you and I were both pretty low on Frozen 2. And one of the commenters really liked Frozen 2. And I've seen a lot of love for Frozen 2 come out. A lot of people said, you know, it's actually a good film. Uh, what do you think, Will? Are we just are we haters? Are we Grinches? What's going on here? Why 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 do people love this movie way more, or why do so many people love this movie way more than us? Apparently, well, this is uh, is this Corey Woodruff or the other Corey? This is the other comments? Corey. Yeah, the other Corey. we we believe isn't the same person, but you never yeah. know, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I think maybe some people have a stronger affinity for this movie, having grown up with it. Perhaps um, maybe they have a like they're more willing to forgive the flaws of the film. I don't know. It sounds to me like they're saying these aren't flaws. These are great things about the movie, which it just seems like they're having completely different like experiences yeah. watching the film, which is a good thing, I guess, because that means they, you know, are having a good experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want anyone to, you know, I'm not hoping anyone dislikes the film when they see it. So if it, if it floats their boat, that's more power to them. But I guess to answer your question, I don't exactly know where the, the uh, difference of opinion really lies, I guess. Maybe we're just uh, a couple of Grinches, just not really appreciating the movie, or maybe they're just uh, more accepting of it, and maybe we're just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe maybe it's a little bit of both. Who knows? Uh, we we yeah. had another comment from Mitch. Mitch said, I'm really hoping on catching up. Oh, Mitch. Oh, do you know Mitch? Yeah, I know Mitch. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know Mitch. Who's Mitch? Um, Mitch is a, he knows me from like my Ripa Silicon days, which is another site I wrote for. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, he, he's been kind of uh we, we've been keeping up because there was like a group when that site uh broke up and uh yeah yeah he keeps telling me that he enjoys the podcast so it's, ah. it's good to hear from him well, hello mitch thank you for listening and uh catching up on on the show so mitch said i'm really hoping on catching up on the comedies that have eluded me this year 
like Booksmart and Late Night. I tend to not want to watch comedies alone, so I'm always looking for someone to watch them with. Any others you guys suggest? So there was actually a response to this. Uh, James recommended Good Boys, The Long Shot, and Fighting With My Family. What, what do you think, Will? Uh, any any 2019 comedies Mitch is perhaps missing out on? Well, I'm trying to think what comedies I did like this year. Um, I feel like a lot of the movies I, I found the funniest for this year weren't really comedies. Yeah, I think that's the same for like me. Like Lighthouse and Midsummer and stuff like that. Like I found like those are more <laughs> yeah. funny to me, yeah. like intentionally so, than most of like, the comedies that came out this year. But I mean, are you going to judge me if I, if I say Charlie's Angels made me laugh? And, you know, comedy subjective. <laughs> um, such a such a nice way of saying. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got some chuckles out of uh, Charlie's Angels. I, I didn't dislike the comedy entirely. Yeah. What, what about or even dislike the film that much? Um, I would say maybe but, Hobbs and Shaw, perhaps. That was kind of funny. Oh, no. OK, that one. I'll actually probably fight Shaw. <laughs> OK, OK, that fine. Was, OK, I, fine. What about Stuber? Stuber had some laughs. Uh, uh, if, OK, OK, fine, fine. Here's here's something that. Isn't it's a dark, dark comedy? Art of self defense. Sure. Did you ever get a chance? To yeah, see I like that one. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, I, that was one I really liked. I would definitely recommend okay. that one. Um, uh, I I like Mr. America. I mean, we talked about that one already, yeah. but yeah. I don't know how the mileage will vary if you haven't watched on cinema at the cinema. Yeah, but so that's a que- that's more of a question for Mitch then. Yeah, I mean, I would say definitely. I think of the ones we talked about. Art of self defense is one I'd I'd recommend pretty wholeheartedly. Okay. Okay. Uh, would you say then, uh, I'm trying to think some other, cause, cause you would say no to Hobbs and Shaw, which, you know, fine. Yeah. You know, didn't whatever. Like what about the dead don't die? That did you, f- I know that's not supposed to be like a laugh out loud no, comedy. It's a comedy. It's yeah. a comedy. It's a satire. The satire. Um, I thought it was a okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that one, um, well, we even talked about Peter Bear Falcon. That's a good comedy. Okay. Um, I still haven't seen that one. Yeah. yeah that's a good comedy. Um, I mean, no, it's like, you know, like, it's not like, and it's like a dramedy, I guess, but it has comedy in it. Um, you want to know a comedy that made me laugh a lot? Yeah. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Okay. I saw Did that movie. I saw that movie today. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really liked Where'd You about? Go, Bernadette. No joking. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, right. I would say it's not funny. There was no, there's no point in Where'd You Go, Bernadette where I was laughing, but there were points when I was, when I was saying like, oh, you get it. Tell her what's going on right now. And I was hyping up Bernadette and, and all of her, her inconvenient mishaps and mischievous hijinks. Like that, that for me was fun. More fun than yeah, fun. Maybe you're just like, unlike Bernadette, I feel seen. Is, is that what you're saying? Did you watch it? I think, I think that's a pretty fair way to put it. What was the one you were talking about before Peanut Butter Falcon? I forgot the answer to that. Before Peanut Butter Falcon? We I were talking this. about comedies. Uh, I said Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, no, no, wait, it was The Dead Don't Die. The Dead Don't Die, um, yeah, yeah, that one too. Yeah, I forgot to answer that one, but um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, Knives I didn't out. really care for that film much. Yeah, I like Knives, Knives, Knives Out. is a funny movie. Yeah, I was, was going to say with Dead Don't Die that I would say, like, I remember laughing a decent bit, even if I didn't particularly think the film worked overall. Yeah. So, I mean, that one's, a, you know, it depends on if you like that kind of dry sense of humor, but wouldn't dissuade anyone if you like jim jarmusch and want to see it all right fair enough fair enough i think that's actually a pretty good way to transition into our recap of the fall as we get into our winter movie preview just going to do a quick recap and uh thank you everybody who commented and responded sorry we couldn't get to all the comments but lots of good stuff there now 
I was looking at our fall movie preview and we don't have to relitigate the whole thing. It's kind of embarrassing on our part. Uh, I'd say oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit here and there. So we said, what will be the most successful movie of the fall? Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Sleep, nope. <laughs> yeah. That one uh, did not quite take the box office by storm. I mean, I mean, admittedly, with Dr. Sleep, like, I, I don't know if I really took into account that it was coming out after Halloween. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't really say that. But I think we were both kind of being optimistic of like, ah, oh, maybe yeah. it'll, it'll have the same sort of Stephen King adaptation mm-hmm. success that the first It did. But speaking yeah. of which, It Chapter 2 came out and that didn't really, it came nowhere near the the big box office of the first It. And... One movie we were right about, and I think was an easy one to predict, was Frozen Two. Although, I, if I recall correctly, I was very I was very skeptical about Frozen Two making a lot of money, and I was wrong to be skeptical. Frozen Two has been a massive smash hit so far, mm-hmm. so I I, yeah. I, did, I didn't call that one right. But one film that neither of us really took into account. I mean, I feel like we kind of mildly said, I guess this could be a big movie. Was Joker? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that was that was pretty much a big hit. The fall. Yeah, Joker was one of your dark horses that you picked mm. and looking back at that I, yeah you also picked ad astra and jojo rabbit i'd say okay. between joker ad astra and jojo rabbit i wouldn't say you were i, I feel like you didn't have much of a reaction to either of those films it seems like to me uh, i mean i really like that astra i think i gave that an a minus oh that's um, right okay I, i'm the one who didn't have much of a reaction to ad astra i apologize yeah. and then you and sam are the ones who both really liked that i don't know I'm, i've had sort of mixed feelings towards joker and i think i'm ultimately I'm definitely more of a fan of it than you are. I mean, I, I think I liked it fine. I just don't think it's, you know, I mean, for, for all the hub blue that's gotten, I don't know if it's really, you think, I think that's, it. it sounds to me like that's going to be a best picture nominee. Probably has, has a I chance mean, to win. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it'll win best picture or best director, but probably it might win best actor for Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I think Phoenix is definitely a front runner. I honestly, I think it could become a front runner. I think they're doing the work. Uh, I don't think, Todd Phillips will he'll he might get nominated, but I don't think he would win best directed best director, even if Joker won best picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see that happening. It'll probably be like Scorsese or um I don't know. Maybe Greta Gerwig. Maybe. Depends on depends on how they feel about little women. I, I imagine it seems like it's up their alley, but I haven't seen the film myself. Or maybe I'll give it to Sam Mendes because that's a very director heavy film. Yeah. Uh I didn't have Jojo Rabbit anywhere near my, any of the stuff that I picked, it was a film that I was just kind of looking forward to, but I didn't have like an extreme, but it ended up being a film I, uh, I really liked in my top 20 of the year right now, or maybe top, I think top 15 actually. Which one? Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, Jojo yeah. Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, for my most anticipated, I was looking forward to The Lighthouse, The Irishman, and Parasite. And The Irishman and Lighthouse, I both liked. I, I like those movies. I They're movies. Parasite was the one where I think I was right to be anticipating. I know you were anticipating it just as much as me, and it's currently one of my favorite films of the year. For you, you you had some good ones here because you said Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood mm-hmm. and El Camino, which mm-hmm. ended up I think you both you liked those films both a lot. Yeah, definitely. The only one here I see is Lucy in the Sky, which <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You had good reason to be looking forward to Lucy in the Sky, to be fair. I mean, admittedly, this was before the reviews came out, right, right, but right. Uh, it was, it was a good trailer. I'll, I'll, I'll defend the trailer, but um, and it was, you know, it was the, the talent involved. I, I was intrigued by and I didn't hate the movie. I think it was OK yeah. overall. But um, yeah, in, in <laughs> retrospect, that that's a bit of a doozy. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a 
I, there's a lot of films here that we did manage to catch. The only one I'm seeing here that I haven't seen yet, there's two of them. I didn't see The Addams Family. I'll probably check it out on yeah, streaming. And I didn't check out Downton Abbey. I just, you know, decided not to do it. But everything else I'm seeing on this list, I oh, yeah, thought... You watched Downton Abbey too, right, as a show? No. That's why I didn't, didn't watch the movie. Because okay. I was like, oh, I'm okay, not in the mood you. to, you know... But uh, for the films that might surprise us, this was this one was interesting. So Charlie's Angels, uh, I think that one surprised me because I was I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Did not surprise though at the box office. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, it did okay, but wasn't a surprise in any sense. And the Two Popes, which I think did kind of surprise critically. I think people were like are liking it a little bit more than I was anticipating. I was thinking people were going to be kind of down on it. And I ended up really liking it. Uh, it's not really a film meant for box office because it's a Netflix release, but yeah. And then looking at yours, we have Gemini Man, <laughs> Judy, yeah. and Between Two Ferns, the movie. Sure. What are you thinking? Um, I, mean, I don't know if I, I, I like two of these fine. Um, I mean, Gemini Man, I, I went in hoping for the best and they didn't really care for it, but I, I admire the ambition of it, I guess. But yeah, it's they're not quite. Uh, I don't think any of these really surprised anyone a lot critically and commercially. I mean, I don't know how Judy did, but I uh, I think it it made a little bit of money, but it, yeah, by no means did it make it, good box box office. And I don't think it's in the conversation to get a lot of Oscars. Probably just a well, best actress and yeah, yeah. It does seem like. Um, well, I mean, initially when it came out, it seemed like Renee Zellweger was the front runner, but now it's looking like that's kind of died down a bit. Yeah, yeah. To the point where I'd say she's not a front runner, but she could easily find herself She'll in that get, category. Yeah. She'll probably get nom. Do you think Scarlett Johansson will win? No, for best I don't actress? think she win best actress. Who do you think is going to win best actress? Uh, I'd have to look at the full list in front of me. Between those ones. Because no one, no one from Little Women will probably get Best Actress. That would probably be Best Supporting, right? For well, you Saoirse think, Ronan. Well, probably Saoirse will get nominated. Saoirse, you mean? Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> yeah, I think she'll get nominated, but for Best Supporting, that's the thing. I apologize to the Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> uh, I think Helen Mirren's probably not going to get anything, right? For the Good Liar, what's that called? The Good Liar. No, <laughs> I think that's kind of that's a bit of a foregone conclusion. I want to say. Yeah. Uh, what What else do you think is in the running for? best actress that's what i'm trying to think i i, I know there's something there's probably a bunch of yeah i'm spacing as well on what else but uh that's the thing is it it could end up going to going to um renee zellweger since that category isn't as contentious i mean when you look at best actor you have adam driver and you have tom hanks you have robert de niro i mean that that's a bit of a stacked one yeah. by comparison oh yeah that's definitely i mean traditionally i mean it kind of goes back and forth a lot like i know like some years, like the best actress category is stacked. Like I think last year was pretty tense, mm. and then I guess you know, flip flops. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I just remembered Bombshell. That's that's oh, yeah, another they'll one. Get, that... They'll get some known, but I don't think it'll win anything. Perhaps I, we haven't seen it. There's a lot of films on the winter preview that you ha- you and I have not seen. So true. Let's get into that actually. And uh, oh yeah, one last thing. Will I have to ask you if you had to guess what was the most popular episode of Cinemaholics in the fall from September? to last week which one do you think was our biggest episode should be pretty easy is it joker it was joker not a feeling okay. you call it <laughs> i think it was either joker or it chapter two it chapter two was our second one so you were right on okay. both counts yeah makes sense too because it chapter two was so early in the season a lot of people had mm-hmm. a chance to listen to that so if you'd yeah. like to listen to our full 
fall movie preview just to get a sense of how wrong we are about a lot of things. Uh, you can definitely check that out now on cinemaholics.com. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, potential uh, Best Actress nominees. I think we forgot uh, Aquafina for The Farewell. Oh, I, I wasn't uh, thinking she was really in the running for that. But I, yeah, I could uh, see that for May 24. And then who played Harriet Tubman? Oh, that's uh, Cynthia Erivo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she might get enough. She would get I, I could see her being a frontrunner, actually. You think so? Yeah, now that, now that I think about it, and considering how it's not as contentious a year, uh, I think mm, that's, a, that's kind of a kind of a surefire recipe for Oscar. What about uh, Lupita? Lupita. Oh, yeah, I did hear some rumblings that they're going to be pushing Lupita pretty hard for for us. So mm. that could be a possibility. I don't know if they're going to be. I think that movie has sort of gone down in excitement for some people. I think a lot of people don't like that one as much. I still love that film, but I know mm. some people are. I know a lot of like people have watched it because they heard from critics that it was good and have been like, I hate this movie. So, yeah, I don't know what's up with that, but I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's not quite as uh, accessible and culture penetrating as Get Out was, but yeah, which is why I think I, I respect that more about it, and I think I liked it more because of that. Yeah, same here. I, yeah, that's how it goes. All right, so for our winter movie preview, we're gonna be talking about our top three most anticipated films. Uh, I have three films. Will you have three films? We'll also talk yeah. about our three dark horses. So we're kind of merging this one a little bit. For to us, Merge. dark horses can also be like the films we're morbidly curious about. So three of those for you and me, and then we'll do a few honorable mentions. There are two films that we've already seen. Uh, I've already seen 1917, so that's not on this list for me. Also, The Two Popes, which technically comes out December 20th. Mm -hmm. And Will, you have also seen Two Popes, so that's the one that you've already yeah. But we talked about it. That's right. So let's start with our most anticipated films of the winter season. Starting with you, Will. I think uh, we're, we're not going to go in order of release date this time. Let's go in order of, well, let's go in order of anticipation. Which okay. which of your top three are you most? What's your number three? Yeah, I guess I'll start with the, um, oh, what's the director's name? I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy did um, Upgrade. Oh, Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell, yeah. His new film, Invisible Man, which is obviously a reboot of uh, the classic Universal Monster of the same name and this take is going to be a lot more modernized it's going to have a little bit more of a timely punch it has elizabeth moss in the lead role not as the invisible man but rather the woman right. who's being stalked by an invisible man uh yeah this trailer looks great uh i really liked uh lie when is it lee winnell That's i think it's lee right? winnell it's either lee winnell or lie winnell it could be either yeah it's spelled uh, well, l-e-i-g-h I really liked his first movie as a well. I guess it was technically his second movie because um, I think he did like an Insidious film before that, but uh, his yeah, last film at least. Yeah, so I really liked Upgrade. Uh, this one looks really sharp and well done. My only criticism was I think the trailer gave away a little too much, but that's not his fault. That's yeah, marketing. Yeah, the trailer. I like the trailer because of how it sells this movie, and I think they're more concerned right. about that of being like, "Hey, hey, this isn't your dad's yeah. Invisible Man," right? You know. I just think that, you know, those last 15 seconds, they could have cut those. But yeah. yeah. But anyway, other than that, I think it's a great trailer. I really like Elizabeth Moss. Um, I don't think you mentioned it, but I know you saw Her Smell, which is another I one did. Of my, yeah, I saw Her Smell uh, yesterday and I really liked it. That is that is a great. really solid movie. And I'm 
kind of bummed she's not in the best actress number or conversation um, right now because I thought her performance of that was uh, one of my favorites you know, for the year. So I wasn't sold on the performance until the third act, and I obviously won't give okay. away why. But I think, right. uh, yeah, I think the performance was good all the way through. But then I was like, man, I just I was getting tired, <laughs> honestly, like emotionally. And there's sure. something she does with that performance that really knocked my socks off. So I, I'm in agreement with you on there. Yeah. And I mean, she was also in Us, another movie we just talked about. That's right. Um, yeah. Minor minor role she made the most of, for sure. Yeah. I mean, she's in a bunch of stuff recently. She's been... Tie it back to Mr. Role. America, right? Because he's in uh, <laughs> Tim Heidecker, right? He's in Us yeah. as her yeah, husband, true. right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Elizabeth Moss is great. Uh, I think she has uh, really proven herself a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, since Mad Men. But I'm very excited to see this film. And I hope you are too, John. I, I want to see it. I'm not excited about it necessarily. Like, it's not a film that I'm really okay, ready to sure be in, it, it's gonna I, be intense yeah i think one reason why i'm a little nervous is that i know that originally it was supposed to be part of the shared cinematic universe the dark universe mm-hmm. i think they moved away from that so that gives me a little bit yeah. of hope um and also that jason blum is producing yeah, say, and there's there's good stuff going on here yeah i mean i, I really I, when they announced that the blum house company was going to be involved with these new monster movies i was like oh that's just great because yeah, like they're yeah. gonna be lower budgets I mean, not just because they they're, know how they're to, tender. Yeah, they know how to franchise with the Conjuring films, especially. But it just, it proved that Universal, like, they took the notes from Mummy. Like, they realized that, like, instead of going for these big swings, just kind of go for smaller, more character stuff. And, you know, if it if it fails or doesn't connect with audiences, it's a low risk uh, comparatively. And, you know, it, it, it seems like this one, it's really working with people for that trailer. And obviously people really like Elizabeth Moss, so. I can see this one being a, a big success, and I'm excited to see it for that reason. Yeah, and I don't think we said enough that I really liked Upgrade. And the fact yeah. that Lee Winnell is writing and directing this, I think, is a good good indicator. And it's funny because Upgrade even has its own version of like an invisible an invisible man. So maybe <laughs> it was like the unintended audition for, for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, I could see that, like somebody from Universal or mm. Blumhouse. Uh, wait, yeah, because that was a Blumhouse production too, right? Upgrade was? Uh, maybe it was. Could be. I think it was. Well, I think it was because yeah, he he's been working because he like you said Insidious Chapter Three I think was his first film and then he worked on some of the other ones and uh, I think that's all Blumhouse so yeah there you go um yeah and uh, I I know that I guess um Elizabeth Banks is making an Invisible Woman movie but I don't think it's connected to this from what I can tell but that's neither here nor there yeah that that is another separate project I don't know as much about that one but. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of invisibility coming up in the next year. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Violet from uh, The Incredibles can get a movie. <laughs> That's right. Uh, solo origin film. Violet, yeah. Incredibles, was, Violet, Wolverine. There you go. Wasn't a... Am I remembering this movie right? Invisible Dog? Isn't that like a Disney film? Like the 90s? Uh, not. Th- I have no idea what you're talking about. Am I making about. this up? Am I, am I like imagining a Invisible movie? Dog? I don't know. I thought I, I remember seeing... I'm looking it up. You You keep talking. All right, I'll talk about the uh, my number three, which I believe is on your list as well. So I'm going to wait to talk about it because we can talk about it all at once. Because um, I think it's your number one. So I don't want to uh, don't want to get the light out. But for now, then I'll get into my number two. So my number two is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I have been desperate to see. It's been playing in New York and L.A. as of this week which means neither Will or myself have been able to check it out. Premiered at the Cannes Film Festival this past year. It was, it was I think, in competition for the Palme d'Or. Did not win. 
but uh, it did win the Queer Palm at Cannes. First film directed by a woman to win that award. And if you haven't heard of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it is a French film directed by Celine Schiama. I'm not sure how to pronounce that correctly, but I I really want to see this. Um, She's well known as a very minimalist type of director. I think a lot of people would recognize, I think probably most famous of her films is probably Water Lilies, I'd have to say. But she's well known for like her coming of age films and Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a lesbian romance drama, I believe. I have not seen the trailer. I've sort of tried to avoid any information about this film because I don't want to know that much about it. But that said, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. I think that it it could be a film that uh, breaks through a little bit. Um, another film she did, uh, let's see, she did My Life as a Zucchini. Um, oh, really? Yeah, she was uh, oh, nice. the screenwriter. I like that movie. Not the director. Yeah, but still, I like that movie. Yeah. The last film she directed was Girlhood. It's another film probably oh, people might have heard of. So, yeah, it's a good film. I agree. So, okay. Uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire. Again, I, I don't know the plot, so I can't say too much about this, but I don't know. Will, I'm, I, I, do you think we'll even get to see this before the year ends? I'm kind of nervous the Bay Area won't pick it up, and I don't know about Pittsburgh. Um, well, I don't know about, uh, San Francisco, but, um, I know we're probably going to get it in February because the plan is, uh, release it limited. In That's right. December. Yeah. Valentine's day, I think. Yeah. And then wide and Valentine's day. So yeah, I, it sounds like we are going to get it. It just not before the year ends and I can't speak for your fair city. Yeah. It's, it's hit or miss for us when, uh, when that happens or if it happens. So it sounds to me, will you and I are going to have to go on a road trip. <laughs> and I'll meet you in LA or if you can go to New York I can go to LA that probably makes more sense mm-hmm. but yeah Portrait of Lady on Fire don't know too much about it but if you are in New York or LA you can check it out now I mean that's neon as well I, I forget if you mentioned that and, that's right um, yeah it's, it seems like from what I can tell I guess the Amazon film Les Miserables is actually the French uh, selection for best foreign film so this isn't in the Oscar consideration so I think they're, that's the reason why it's coming out in February in wide releases that they're trying to sell it more commercially than awards wise. Yeah. That's uh, not a bad guess on, on how they're, they're planning that unless they want to maybe have this one compete next year for, for Oscars. But yeah, that would seem so late. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know how that'll work out. Cause I think it, it would have to be this year, right? Yeah. If they, if they really had Oscar hopes for it, they would have released it probably closer and, and Les Miserables is definitely a film that I was looking at it's that's Amazon Studios though isn't it mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's another one I mean not spoil anything but I think that's on your list for what's coming up the, so that season. yeah that comes out January 10th um that's a, a French drama about the Paris riots in 2005 and yeah. it won it was third place it won the third place jury prize so that might be why they're considering it um for foreign film but I don't know I don't know. That's my guess. I mean, I don't know. But Neon, I mean, they've been kind of shaky in some regards, but when they do know how to sell a movie, they can make it a really big hit. And uh, I have confidence. I I think they have the right idea for this. Like, I think they they have some plans for it and some big ideas, and that seems pretty promising. So I'm excited. All right. What is your number two, Will? Oh, sure. My number two is In Fabric. Uh, This is Peter Strickland, who um, this is, I think, his fourth film. I'm actually not too familiar with his other movies. I know his most famous one was his previous film, Duke of Burgundy, which I still haven't seen. Maybe I'll check it out before in fabric comes out. But, um, this film, it has very, um, I, I always pronounce this word wrong, but it's a 
Jallo or Gallo? Oh, Gallo's um, humor? No, not Gallo's. Uh, like uh, like Suspiria and stuff, like uh, the Italian horror film. Um, G I A L O O. Oh yeah. Oh man. I think. How do you pronounce it? I don't know how you pronounce that. Huh. Um. Anyway. Uh. I apologize. Uh. I'm sure there's somebody listening that's like yelling it in their speaker and we can't <laughs> hear it. But um. Any case. Uh. Yeah, this is a horror comedy. I believe Sam Nolan talked about this when he saw it during Art House Cinema Day a few months back. He did, so yeah. Cinemaholic listeners might be familiar with it already, but it's basically what I've been told. It's going to be like what you would think the literal title of Phantom Thread is, just based off that <laughs> title and not knowing yeah. the plot of that movie. Um, it's like about a dress that comes to life, and it's going to be very pulpy, like color-friendly, just a lot of... Uh, visual aesthetic and stuff that i think i don't know it's really up my boat uh it's really sorry really up my alley um <laughs> it's up your boat too I, I, let's say that it's up, it's up my boat <laughs> it's up my boat um yeah it, it it just looks like a really fun time um i believe we're getting this next week in the, the pittsburgh area so i'm definitely gonna make a point to see this when i can so i'm very excited about this one yeah it has a lot of famous british actors in it i think one that american audiences will definitely recognize is gwendolyn christie is in the film mm-hmm. so of game of thrones fame so yeah this is a24 uh this one premiered quite a long time it premiered at tiff last year so and then it came out this past summer in the uk i i could see this one definitely being like a cult film and definitely one people will like kind of slowly discover over time i have no idea yeah. if in fabric is going to come anywhere near the bay area but at the very least hope we're able to catch it on rental streaming that sort of thing yeah i mean it seems like i don't think uh a24 is like any awards prospects for this movie but you are right that this is one that i think they've been pushing a lot in the film festival scenes like i know a lot of people have seen this movie in different film festivals and different uh uh different areas like that so i think they're trying to build the word of mouth that way because it's kind of a weird film and might be hard to sell if they just like released it without that word of mouth so i I think that's what they're going for here and that's that's certainly exciting i mean it's I've been waiting for this film for a good bit because I keep hearing about it from people who see it at the film festivals. I'm like, oh, great. When can I see it? And like there hadn't been like a like firm release date until a few months ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad it's finally coming out and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, same here. I, I would absolutely love to see a film like this at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, I think that's probably <laughs> the yeah. number one destination for a film of this this type. But yeah, what's their menu going to be for this? <laughs> I don't even want to know. Probably boozy gummy bears or something. Maybe. Um, all right, that's in fabric. Your number two. Uh, let me talk about my number one. Already here, my number one most anticipated film of the winter. And you know, I feel kind of bad about this because all the films I selected are December, and I feel bad about that. It's tough. That's like those are the films I'm most excited about right now because it's award season. So that's when the the films I'm most looking forward to are just coming out. Promise, we'll talk about a few other films that are coming out in like January and February as well. But my number one is Little Women. I have been so excited for Little Women ever since it was announced that Greta Gerwig was going to be making this film, and everything I've heard about it has been right in line with I with what I know I want from a movie like this. Like I know Will, you're probably aware that I'm a fan of the 1994 version of this this story. Uh, Maybe bore you. Yeah. Uh, did you ever Did you ever read the book? Um, yeah, I haven't read the book or seen any film adaptations that I know of, so I'll have to do my homework before this one. So interesting. Maybe maybe that's a good opportunity though for you to just watch it fresh and just and then explore the previous adaptations separately. 
Well, that's why I don't know, because it's like I've heard that they take a lot of liberties with the material with this adaptation. I don't know if that would be to my benefit or detriment if I haven't seen the other ones. Mm. I see. So you're you're saying like maybe this is intended to be watched through the lens of like, oh, I know this story. Right. I think mm. that's I don't know. I mean, it just seems like that's their approach because it seems like in their view, like most people know the story already and are pretty familiar with it. Interesting. OK, I didn't consider it that way, but th- that could be the case. Either way, I'm very familiar with the story, so I'm ready to sort of experience this movie. And if, if you don't know anything about Little Women, it's another coming-of-age film. I think that's it's kind of like a running theme in my picks, except for one of them. But uh, my number three, which we'll get to, actually. And it's a it takes place in the 1800s. The novel was written in, I think, 1868. And Louisa May Alcott uh, wrote this the story. And like you said, well, yeah, it is, it is supposed to be very different. Uh, it stars Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, and Meryl Streep. It's like an Avengers, but for the Oscars, I guess. It's probably fair. Yeah. I, I've heard nothing but praise for this. Uh, it premiered at the Museum of Modern Art, MoMA, in New York City uh, just yesterday. And it's going to be hitting theaters uh, on December 25th. And I think it's going to be a limited release from Sony Pictures. But uh, or Sony Pictures releasing to be specific, and I don't know though how wide it's going to be. I don't think there have been any rock solid reports on is that going to be like a few hundred theaters, a thousand, maybe only a handful. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think I honestly I think from what I've seen, Sony has hopes for this. Uh, Columbia mm-hmm. uh, produced this as well, and they have a track record for putting films like period films like this. I think like Brooklyn that hit got a pretty decent wide release. Um, also starring Saoirse Ronan. And I, I could see this being a film that gets seen by a lot of people. Like it's, it's such a Christmas kind of film, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing it on a big old screen for the end of the year. And I hope you are too. Well, I hope you, I hope yep. you enjoy the, the antics of some uh, appropriately sized women come this fall, <laughs> this winter, this Christmas. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I don't give uh, Sony a lot of credit for a lot of things, but I think they're pretty smart about how they, you know, like they released Once Upon a Time Hollywood in the summer. That's a very like summer friendly movie. Like you said, this seems like a very Christmas friendly movie, one that you can see with your whole family and one that has some sizable Oscar consideration or awards consideration in general. So, yeah, I think they're pretty smart about how they're handling this. Um, I could definitely see this one being a big contender uh later this oscar season and i'm looking forward to it as well especially being a big fan of uh ladybird a few years prior oh uh, that's right i can't believe i didn't even mention ladybird uh one of my favorite films of the decade and a clear sign that greta gerwig owned this decade if you listen to our cinephile episode one of the the actors we drew the card of that we had to like recite the filmography was greta gerwig and will do, do you know who won that round of cinephile who remembered the most greta gerwig films do you know probably you uh, yes <laughs> quite handily literally we went like two two or three rounds and then i just started like listing off the whole filmography and it was very embarrassing it made me look very strange or sound very strange to a lot of people i assume well you just did you say a lot of like mumblecore movies (laughs) yes a lot of random night night weekends um what was it hannah takes the stairs somebody somebody guessed hannah take the stairs actually before they dropped out i think it was yeah i think it was Corey. okay yeah um, I said nights and nights and weekends, but I said that like after they were out. Mm-hmm. But regardless, yeah. that's Little Women. Greta Gerwig fans, Florence Pugh fans, all the fans of all the women, definitely check this one out. December twenty fifth. I hope it's as good as really what how good it seems to me right now. Yeah, it's gonna be a 
pretty interesting, you know, considering that we're going to get, I mean, it seems pretty likely that Marriage Story is going to get in the Oscars. This movie is probably going to get in the Oscars. You think we're going to have a little bit of romantic tension between Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig? Who? She, well, she just had his baby, and mm-hmm. I don't want this to become Cinemaholic's Gossip Corner, yeah. but I will allow it. Marriage Story 2 in the works. <laughs> Marriage Story 2. I, 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 hope, I hope that's not the case. I hope they stay together. Uh, they, they've been together for a long time at this point, yeah. so that's good. Mm-hmm. Good news for them. All right, let's talk about your number one film, and this was my number three most anticipated. Another December film. What is it, Will? Yeah, it's the new Safi Brothers film, Uncut Gems. This is their follow-up to Good Time, another film that came out in 2017 that we both really enjoyed. Um, that was like a fun surprise for me, at least, because I know going into Good Time, that was a film I didn't really know too much about other than Robert Pattinson was in a few other names. And uh, yeah, that really impressed me. I, I think I had it in my top 10 for 2017, and it probably has only, only gone up in my appreciation. Same here. Uh, since then. Yeah, so I really enjoy it. might be my favorite Robert Pattinson performance still. Um, I'm very curious to see if they're going to like recapture that magic with this film. Um, everything I've seen from the promotional materials looks very promising. I'm really excited to see another dramatic turn from Ab Sandler, who uh, I, I was talking about this on the uh, Crooked Table podcast a few months ago. Um, and I was reminded of it that I feel like with Adam Sandler, a lot of people have caught like the depressive side of Barry Egan's character in Punch Drunk Love. But I don't think a lot of people have captured like that tense anxiety of his character. A lot of right. people like like funny people and like Spanglish and uh, ran over me. Uh, Meyerwitz stories um, going back to Noah Baumbach. They've all kind of focused more on the depressive side. But I'm really excited for this film to kind of show that like intensity and anxiety that I thought was really present in Punch Drunk Love as well. So. Uh, yeah, it seems like it might get him a Best Actor nomination. We didn't mention him earlier. Uh, and uh, it will be very, very uh, curious, to say the least, if he gets a nomination for this film. But I'm excited to see it anyhow. Right. I, I could see that happening. I think the Oscars, they do love, like, Renaissance men. Um, people mm-hmm. who just are able to go from, like, comedy, which I think is a very difficult medium, doesn't get enough credit. They go from that and then start to carve out a reputation. It's it's hard for a reputation for like prestigious films. It's hard with Adam Sandler because he's still making very humorous, goofy films on like Netflix. So I wonder I wonder if Academy voters are going to be snobby and they're going to look down on him for whatever reason. Hopefully that's not the case because a good performance is a good performance. And I'm ready for another Softy Brothers film. It's been three years almost since years, since yeah. Good Time. Well, it's like the end of 2019. And this came out 2017, so no, you're right, it's two years. Matt, it was like late summer 2017, right? Yeah, I guess I was thinking it was earlier 20, 2017, and then my math was terrible. But anyway, it's been two years, and they felt like three, and I just want to see this film right now. Uh, but yeah. I can't. I can't watch it until uh, I think this is going to be coming out in on the 13th, and I think it'll be a limited release. I, I don't know if it's just New York and LA, but... I think so. It's possible that it could expand over the course of December. I really hope it does because, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to see some uncut gems? Uh, that's yeah. that's probably a good way to, to refer to some of the films that are like the hidden gems of the year. What are, what are your uncut gems of 2019? I don't know. I'm thinking about it. A hidden gem. Um, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I heard somewhere... That this is projected to make, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard it was projected to make like $15 million on its opening weekend, which is pretty insane <laughs> for both an A24 film and a Safi Brothers yeah, film. Yeah, for people who don't know, I mean, the highest grossing film ever from A24 is Lady Bird. That made $76 million. 
So yeah. 15 million opening would be kind of insane. Insane. Yeah. I mean, who knows if that's true or not. That, that could just be, you know, uh, speculation gone that's wild. True. But um, is- yeah, I'm. If if that is true, then this is looking to be a major hit for A24. I'm excited. Yeah. It'll also be releasing on Netflix internationally. So if you live internationally, if you live outside the US, which I know a lot of our listeners do, you'll probably have a chance to see Uncut Gems before plenty of other people. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. It just it just looks like a really tight crime thriller with some really great performances. Uh, did you go through the whole cast? No, I, I just said Adam Sandler. Yeah. So the, the cast looks incredible. Idina Menzel, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, The Weeknd is in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's a couple of other ones that I don't want to get into because I heard they might be constituting a spoiler, so I won't say. But Mike Francesca's in it apparently, which is absurd. Mike Francesca, <laughs> yeah, the radio guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That one's not one of the spo- ones that might be a spoiler. So that's, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I, that is. I just think it's, abs- it's just absurd that like I, I mean I don't know what the San Francisco equivalent is, but just like like the radio uh, sports shock just being yeah. in like this major Oscar movie is just insane. It's insane, but it, it makes me even more giddy that, <laughs> that they pulled it off. We have Elvis Duran, I guess, but yeah. yeah, I don't think that would translate to anybody outside the Bay Area. Right. That's what I mean. I could say like the like uh, Pittsburgh equivalent, but I, it wouldn't, you know, as much mileage. So, yeah, um, I think people know Kevin Garnett is also in this. Forgot to mention him. I was going to say, yeah, I knew there's somebody big, yeah. like a big basketball player or former basketball player. Celtics. Yeah. All right. Uncut Gems. So those are our most anticipated films of the winter season. Uh, mine are all December films. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Uncut Gems, Little Women. Yours are all, all but one of them is a December mm-hmm. film. In Fabric, Uncut Gems, Invisible Man. Uh, remember, when does Invisible Man come out? Uh, February something. Okay. So it's going to be a while. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit. Um, can look it up for, for sure. But yeah, uh, oh wow. It's February 28th. So it's like the end of the season. Hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a little bit <laughs> before mm-hmm. that one. But let's get yeah. into our, our three dark horses. Uh, these might include some some varied varied films timeline wise. I think all of mine are going to be coming or all but one of them are going to be coming out only in January and February. But Will, what's your what's your number three uh, for the uh, what morbidly curious ones? Yeah, I'd say this can be any any order you want. OK, well, here's the thing about this. So I was talking about this, with John. Initially, we only had one film for our morbidly curious category and i was like john i don't know how to tell you this but i am very morbidly curious this season <laughs> uh there are a lot of movies this season that uh curiously make me most morbidly curious um and i i think we may have had a different uh understanding of what this means uh for me i mean i won't give away what your picks are but i think for you it was a little more like movies that you're not certain of like based on your own personal tastes or the the reputation of the movies are garnering or what have you, but you're optimistic for all these films. I would, I think it'd be safe to say for what you're going to pick. But for me, I have no expectation. Like, I think all these movies are going to be terrible or probably not great <laughs> at say the least, but I'm curious in a morbid sense because I'm like, yeah, you, you emphasize, these- you emphasize the morbidly a lot more than I yeah. do. Right. It's like, I, I, I want to like see the, the body road, I guess I want to like, how is this going to fall apart? Um, but, uh, to answer your question. So, uh, for my third category, I, I had a lot of picks that I was debating about. Um, some of the ones that didn't make the cut were Doolittle, Fantasy Island and Richard Jewell, which I don't know. I think people actually are digging Richard Jewell. So maybe that one's not completely fair to say, but, um, I, I don't know. I have kind of a, a mixed relationship with a uh, late period. Yeah. Clint Eastwood. And, and I feel like, 
And I feel like most of the movies, people are like, oh, this is like his best in years. I'm always like, that wasn't very good. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I'm i I'm going into that one with fairly low expectations. We'll, but we'll be talking about Richard Jewell on the on the main show. Yeah, either next week or the week after. So Yeah, I think it comes out the 13th, so that'll be next week. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that more next week. But anyway, uh, my first pick for the Morbidly Curious, this big buildup, is to talk about, you guessed it, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so this movie, <laughs> I mean... So we've established fairly uh, prominently or prevalently throughout the show that I don't really play video games. However, I have played a decent amount of Sonic in my life. Um, not like, you I know, know that. To, okay. I mean, like a decent amount. Like I, I'm familiar with the lore, the games, you know, all the characters. Um, I'm not very good at it, but I played it a good number of times. And, you know, I like Sonic. He's fun. It's a fun character. Uh, you know, it's fun to have him roll around and collect the rings and all that. So uh, when they announced they was going to make a movie, they were going to make a movie about him. I was like, OK, I, I don't really expect it to be good, but I'm curious to see how this is going to translate into live action form. And sure enough, that first trailer came out and everyone appropriately was horrified <laughs> at the design for CG Sonic. I think that's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, well, definitely put it lightly because less than I think like a week after the trailer came out, the director went on Twitter and was like, uh, hey, guys, um, yeah, so we've heard your complaints and we're going to completely redesign our lead character because none of you guys like this design, which is insane. Like that. Has that ever happened ever? Like and maybe for video games, but like not in a movie, not especially not one of this scale. Um, so obviously the, the release date got pushed. It was supposed to come out on November 8th, I think, or November 1st, maybe it, it, no, was, I think like, it was November 8th. I think you're right, because I think it was like the week right after Halloween. Yeah, well, I know playing with fire took its spot. So whatever weekend that came out was what was when Sonic was, was the same. I think yeah, it was the same weekend as Doctor Sleep, which was right after mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah, I knew because it, it was a Paramount film was going to come out after Terminator Dark Fate, which I don't know why they double stacked those films so close to one another, but whatever. Um, in any case, yeah. So it's coming out now on Valentine's Day. So uh, if grab, of a lady grab your significant other is, <laughs> is sold out, you're like, well, honey, we, we got that Sonic, and uh, I mean. The redesign looks fine. Like, I, I don't think I was quite as taken by it as some people were. Like, I, I don't think it, it's like it is an improvement. I don't think it's like a vast improvement, but it does look more visually appealing than whatever the first one was. Uh, but I just I don't know. I think this doesn't really look good. Like, you, you can change the design as much as you want, but the material still looks fairly mediocre. And I, I just am fascinated, though, with the, the history of this movie and how it torturedly came out well assuming it's going to come out in february uh yeah. and i like i don't expect it to be good but i'm very fascinated by this journey that we've all taken in pop culture to see this uh this very uh troubled film come to being and uh i, I guess we'll talk about more whenever it comes out you know i i think that it'll probably be a very very good episode of how did this get made one day mm-hmm. so yeah. we can look forward to that at least. Yeah. all right that's sonic the hedgehog again february 14th and I just love that th- this film, just just all the talent around it, just like D- Junkie XL doing the music. I, I love it. I love I love yeah. the confluence of, of decisions that were made to uh, to result in this in this movie. And, uh, and poor James Marsden, man. James I mean, Marsden, that guy. Yeah, he's just like I feel bad for Ben Schwartz. It's like oh, such yeah, it's such too. great voice casting, and mm-hmm. if it gets wasted, I don't know. It just being like like but like. It's clear that like James Marsden has everything that it takes to be a leading man, and it just like every time he's given like an opportunity like this, it just doesn't go well usually. So maybe he just pissed off the wrong person in Hollywood. I don't know what happened, but mm, yeah, it's uh, like a l- very elaborate prank at his expense. Yeah. It's been going on for years. Maybe 
That's Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, for my number three, I kind of have a weird one. And I want to talk about a little movie called uh, Wendy. Have, have you have you heard anything about this, Will? Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Okay. Times at, the, at, the mo- at the theater house picture show. I have not seen the trailer for this. So I'm going off of purely what I've been told about it, uh, the poster, things like that. So this is a fantasy drama written and directed by Ben Zeitlin. Um, he's probably, he's, his, his big movie was uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild from 2012. Movie, right? Yeah. So that he hasn't made More a film than. since. Yeah. And so this has been like highly anticipated. And I think that's probably why the trailer has already come out. This is going to be coming out on uh, February 28th, but it's going to be premiering at Sundance. And I am really hoping that I get to see this at the festival. Uh, this is going to be released by Fox Searchlight. And I think the premise, I don't know too much about it, but the idea is that it's like a reimagining of the Peter Pan story mm-hmm. where it's really through the, it's mostly through the perspective of Wendy, Wendy Darling. And it's, I, I, I think that it's fair to say it's, it's not a real adaptation because it's not the Peter Pan story. It's just, it's like a, when I say reimagining, I'm not saying of like, yeah, Beauty and the Beast 2017 was a reimagining. No, that was a shot for shot remake for the most part. This is like, a total rethinking of that story. I'm trying to think of like a good example, but yeah, me too. I know there's something else like this where they took it from a different character's perspective. It's it's a way bigger departure than Hook if you're keeping it in like the Peter Pan realm or Pan or Pan. I'd say it's closer probably to Hook uh, in, yeah. in that sense. But uh, the idea is that uh, Wendy herself is kidnapped and taken to an island where there's like a scientific reason why people don't age. And from there, it's like a, it's kind of like a friendship slash romance um, that she has with like the Peter Pan sort of character, but it has sort of like a, I don't know if this is true, so correct me if I'm wrong, but somebody compared it to like Slumdog Millionaire. It's like that kind of like aesthetic or it's like, it's gritty. It's like a gritty reimagining, I guess. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I mean, the gritty reimagination, I think is definitely a fair comparison because the trailer definitely makes it look a lot more like kind of gritty and intense Mm. and like kind of like uh like on the ground like very like you feel like the kids are their lives are in danger at every moment and stuff like that which is pretty prevalent throughout beasts of southern wild as well um yeah so the reason i have this as morbidly curious is because i would just be like looking forward to it straight up because it's just great to see ben's island is doing a new film but the reason I'm I'm just I'm not so sure about it is because I mean name a Peter Pan adaptation, a live action Peter Pan that has been successful in what it's trying to do. What about that uh the 2003 one? That was pretty good. You liked that film? I thought it was I good. thought it was a boring mess. I remember liking it. I mean it's been like uh, who who knows how long since I've seen it, but We we did see it as like preteens, so I guess it's fair to say we probably don't have I, the best I might be younger than that even. But uh I was like yeah, yeah I was middle school or something like that. I remember liking it fine. Like it wasn't, you know, I don't think about it like every day, but when I, I remember enjoying it. I am just worried because a lot of Peter Pan, like from Pan to Hook, I know Hook has its fans and I, I don't hate that movie or anything, but I do think that it's a bit of a fiasco when you really yeah, look at it. <laughs> I mean, the production of it was definitely a fiasco. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would just say that it, it's such, it's so unbalanced and I just worry because Peter Pan is a story that Hollywood just keeps trying to come back to. And I just, 
I don't know if that magic is still there. I hope I'm curious though about Wendy and whether or not it'll be able to recapture some of that magic from the Disney film and and some some other subsequent adaptations that have been on a smaller scale. I just I don't know. I I think of other things that have tried to like do like oh Peter Pan's like a villain like they did in the show Once Upon a Time or Once a Time Once Upon a Time. My gosh, like forgetting the name of it. But <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, that's Wendy uh, it, I, I hope it's good. Again, it comes out in February, February 28th. If you're, if you're too busy for Invisible Man and this one's playing your local art house theater, uh, I'd say maybe check it out. It's being made by Cinereach. And like I said before, it's Fox Searchlight. So Disney will probably be pushing it a little bit here and there. But I, I don't know, because I'm curious about how many more films Fox Searchlight is going to be doing with Disney and where they're at mm-hmm. with that studio. I, I think the, this Oscar season is going to be a big indicator for the future, but we'll mm-hmm. see. The only thing that concerns me about this film is that they are releasing it in February. I mean, that doesn't, you know, guarantee that's bad or good or anything. It's just that it seems like given that Beast of the Southern Wild was a big awards contender when it came out, like that was like the ultimate indie underdog story where it's like, you know, like a 30 year old filmmaker makes a Sundance film and it goes on to be nominated for best picture and best director and all this stuff. Um, just this, the fact this film isn't really getting any awards consideration makes me wonder if that means the film itself isn't particularly amazing. We'll see. We'll see because it is still going to come out at Sundance and if the buzz right. is strong enough, it can overcome maybe the, the studio's trepidations. We don't know. Perhaps. It just seems like though that, you know, especially like when Lucy in the Sky underwhelmed and stuff that they had a chance to like push another film up and I guess Jojo Rabbit kind of took that place but it seemed like they, they could have used the opportunity to push wendy into the awards consideration if it sure. was really a darling uh, uh and it seems like they're just kind of keeping in february but like i said i mean we don't know and i like that trailer a lot so um i'm curious to see it to say the least so hope it's good agreed agreed we, we don't know and we don't know how the film is going to go over and and we don't know what else fox searchlight has planned for the end of 2020 if they have other films they think are more bigger sells for the oscars it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean quality, but we'll see. All right. What is your number two, Will? Uh, yeah. So um, I was going to talk about one, but I better save this one to the end. Um, so I don't think people are going to expect this one from me or uh, maybe just a- at all. But one that I'm surprisingly really curious to see is uh, Sam Taylor Johnson's adaptation of uh, James Frey's 2004 book. A million Little Pieces, which to me, the the absurdity, I feel, of making a Million Little Pieces adaptation in 2019 is kind of astounding. Uh, just because, I mean, if you don't really remember or you don't know, uh, Million Little Pieces was a very controversial book in the mid-2000s because it was like this big memoir about uh, rehab and addiction. And, you know, it was very kind of shocking in its material and it, it had this raw, visceral style to it. It was on Oprah's uh, like book club thing, whatever they call that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a big, like, New York Times bestseller for a couple weeks. Uh, and then, you know, like, there were some pieces of it that were being, uh, you know, like, uh, what's the word? Um uh contested i guess like there parts of it were like this doesn't seem real oh, like, for accuracy yeah yeah for accuracy like it's like one of those things where it's like people were like i don't i don't feel like this scene is accurate like it, it, like and they were researching it and eventually james frey came out and admit that like i guess sizable chunks of the book were fabricated or you know stressed from the truth to the point of fiction and it's a very like 2004 kind of controversy because i feel like if that happened now yeah i don't know like i will I, I <laughs> be like so- that's the business I don't know, but that's the thing. Is like I think about that, and I think like, okay, this probably wouldn't be that big of a deal now. But at the same time, I wonder like if because we live in this like quote unquote like 
post-truth world and stuff like that where like fake news and all this stuff like would it be a bigger deal i don't know i mean i i just feel like though that like it wouldn't really be a, a media spectacle like it was in 2004 but i do wonder if like in the book community if it would be a bigger deal or if it wouldn't be a bigger deal but i don't know i mean i feel like if you're gonna do this now like it would make more sense to do a film about that controversy like just the whole surrounding story of it because like i said i think that kind of ties into things now with just like the media and different things like that, like, you know, how accurate do things need to be? Like, wh- where do the, the lines between truth and fiction lie, especially? Yeah, in, a documentary like, could be very interesting. Right. I just, it's, a, it, it's a fascinating story. As a, and he's a fascinating figure, but it just seems like like to make an adaptation of the book now is just kind of an odd choice. But I mean, I read the book when I was a teenager. I really liked it. Um I was actually rereading parts of it this week just because I have it in my house and I was, you know, it, it doesn't quite hit me as hard, but it's an, I think it is an interesting book. And I am curious to see what a film adaptation of it would be. But uh, I think this came out last year in the film festival circuits. I think it came to TIFF, if I remember correctly, last year. Uh, uh, it, Yeah. 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 I think that's right. And it didn't really get a warm response, um, which disappointed me because it's... Uh, Sam Taylor Johnson's follow-up to Fifty Shades of Grey, and I did like her first film a lot, Nowhere Boy, where she made with uh, the star of this film, Aaron Taylor Johnson, her husband. Uh, and, you know, I, I was hoping that she could rebound from that film and all the problems that came from there and, you know, make something that's a little smaller and more personal. And uh, I mean, I think it was definitely a good bonding experience for them. I, I believe Aaron Taylor Johnson also co-wrote the screenplay with Sam Taylor Johnson. Um, uh, so, Yeah. Yeah, um, they they co-wrote the screenplay together, mm-hmm. and they also produced the film together. Yeah, so it's just fascinating. Like it's like they're making it together. It seems like something that they really wanted to do for reasons I'm not entirely sure of, but um, I don't expect it to be very good. And I, I like I said, I feel like the bigger story is being ignored by making just an adaptation of the film. But you know, I, I mean, like I, I like the book. I'm, I'm fascinated by this story, and it's pretty fascinating that this movie is coming out at the same time uh, Queen Swim is in theaters because James Frey was, has a story credit on that film. I don't know if you know that, John. But, yeah. Um. So it's just a weird, fascinating. <laughs> like James Frey is back. Yeah. Uh, time right now, but I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't really expect this movie to be good, but I am morbidly curious because uh, just what a film of a million little pieces would be, especially now is kind of uh puzzling to me but nonetheless i'm very fascinated to see what it's going to be like but i imagine my yeah my fascination i will probably be more individual than widespread i feel for this one we should say this film's out right now um as of december 6th yeah it's playing in the bay area right now so you you can catch it i think it's going to be expanding its release as well so but i don't know because the reviews have been very poor right it's got a 32 percent on ron tomatoes and a kind of Kind of echoing, I think, what you're talking about with the controversy, and I think it's I think it's a shame because I'm with you. I, I think Sam Taylor Johnson is a very talented director. She's she's part of the Young British Artists, which um, has kind of like a spiritual connection to the Young Folks, one of the sites I work for, mm-hmm. uh, which of course is also like the Young Turks. If you go back even further to that sort of reference, but I think she 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 did a couple of episodes of Gypsy. Did you ever see that from 2017? Uh, no. So Gypsy is not a good show. And I think I talked about the, it very briefly on the show, on Cinemaholics. Naomi Watts. Is that Watts. the Renee Zellweger no. Netflix show? No. Naomi Watts. Oh, Naomi Watts. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Uh, Renee Zellweger. That's uh, What If, right? That's one she has. Yes, yes. That's way okay. more recent. That was this year. Uh, th- right. This show, Gypsy, was made, um, it was created by Lisa Rubin. And it's, it's one of those things where it's not good, but I do think the episodes that Sam Taylor Johnson does, she does the first two, are the best of the entire first season, which I don't think is coming back. 
And I, I just think this is somebody with so much talent. She just keeps getting shortchanged by Hollywood. I'm with you on Nowhere mm-hmm. Boy. And I, I just think it's a shame. And I think that Aaron Taylor Johnson is a great actor and kind of the same deal. Uh, he keeps mm-hmm. showing up in movies that I don't think serve him well. I think the last time, gosh, what was it? maybe the last film I remember seeing him in and just being like, oh man, you know, this guy, he's got, he's got quite a range. It's probably Nocturnal Animals. I was going to say Nocturnal Animals is probably the one. Yeah. And I feel bad for him because I think people give him a lot of flack because of Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, just because, I, I'll admit like his performance that isn't very good, but no. like we said, like he's, he's proven himself quite a few times beyond that film. And I, I think he, like you say, he's a very talented young actor. Right. And, and it's interesting to see that uh, I think this is his first screenwriting credit. So exactly, yeah. that's kind of cool to see him collaborating more. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and uh, and see what's, what's next for him. I'm not sure what else he has on the horizon, but that's a million little pieces. My number two is a movie called Downhill, which so this is a, a dark comedy. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. People, I think, are probably more looking forward to it. I'm morbidly curious because... It's supposed to be like a comedy starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, it's only, yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, and I'm Molly Shannon. Um, I keep thinking it's Molly Shannon for some reason. I don't know why. And so if you look at that and you're like, oh, uh, okay, you know, it's Will Ferrell. You know what you're getting. Probably not expecting much. Uh, maybe you're expecting like a couple laughs. This, though, is coming from Nat Faxon um, and Jim Rash, who are best known for their TV work, of course. Um, Jim Rash in particular, <laughs> the dean from Community. Right, is, is an actor, but they are Oscar-winning screenwriters. Yes, yeah, so you've, about to say. you've seen both. Yes, you've seen both of them as actors and and plenty of TV shows. And I think I think for Nat Nat Faxon, The Descendants um, is one of his more prominent film contributions. But and Jim Rash and Jim Rash, thank you, because um, they're writing partners. We should say. Mm-hmm. The last film I, th- I remember them doing together was probably The Way Way Back. Is that right? I don't think they've That's done the, the only other film they directed, I believe. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is a film I really love. And so... That was pretty good, yeah. I, I really like that film. Uh, one of my favorite Sam Rockwell performances. Now, I'm a little I'm a little concerned, though, because I, I don't know about this. I, I don't know about Will Ferrell in like a, a more dramatic performance. And I can't tell if this is comedy. And I've only read about it. I, I haven't seen a trailer or anything. But it's going to... Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, keep, no, I was going to say, there, I don't think there are any trailers or any promotional things right. out yet. There was like a, I think a still that they sent out or something, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know, Will. It, it's it's also Fox Searchlight, so that's a plus. But then I, 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 there's nothing about this is really exciting me yet. But, uh, oh, and I forgot to mention, it's a, it's a remake. So that's another kind say, of strike. Yeah, Force Majeure. Force Majeure, the Swedish film. And I don't know. I, am I crazy to not be excited about this? Am I am I putting the negatives or am I inflating the negatives and not really looking at the bigger picture? No, because I think I mean that's the thing is that like when they announced that they were going to make an English language remake of Force Majeure, even beyond Jim Rash and Nat Faxon, Will Ferrell, or Julia Louis Dreyfus being involved with this, it was like, why are they doing it? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like well, because it's the a fairly recent film was a success. Yeah. I don't know. Nah, but I think this was in production before that became a big hit. But I mean, you know, like there's been examples like I really like Let Me In, um, even though it's not like a film that quote unquote needed to be made. I really enjoyed that. I like I like both films, you know, Let the Right One In and Let Me In a lot. And uh, I haven't seen Force Majeure, but me too. I believe it's on Netflix now. Um, I, re- I did see the director's follow up film from a couple years ago, The Square. And from what I've heard oh, about yeah. Force Majeure. I heard The Square was uh, uh, incredible or some people's favorite film of that year. It was good. I don't know if I was quite that high, but I did like it a lot. 
Um, but the thing about Force Majeure, the thing that kind of makes it even weird that they're doing a remake of it is that I th- I've heard that the reason why it works is that it has like a very fine tuned tone. And it's like very it's comedic, but it's like a very dry, dark sorts of kind of like uh, understated sort of comedy. And I just like seeing Will Ferrell in, the, the, in this project is like I can't see that from him. Like they're probably going to make this way bigger and like more explosive. Yeah, that that's what's worrying me too. It, it's either going to be a huge risk that pays off because Will Ferrell is going to surprise us, or it's going to be a miscalculation. And right. I, I'm hoping for the latter, but yeah, I don't know. Or I'm hoping for the former. Sorry. And again, like it's kind of going back to what I was saying about Wendy. I believe, like you said, this is a Fox Searchlight title, right? Yeah, they're they're both Fox Searchlight. Yeah, and they're both coming out in February, and it's like they're yeah. both you know avoiding the award seasons, even though they have previous oscar uh favorites involved with them from behind the scenes they're both sundance Um, films so there's obviously some interest in how they're going to go over but yeah it's it's going to be interesting and i'm prioritizing downhill over wendy as a film that i want to see at the festival but i'm not sure how much interest is going to be in this one it could be one of those things where i think a lot of people are going to want to see the premiere of downhill because of the pedigree involved and if I, if I do end up catching it, I will I will do my best to to be fair and and give Will Ferrell a shot because he is an actor who has surprised us before. I think Stranger Than yeah. Fiction was mm-hmm. uh, a, a bit more of a heartfelt performance than a lot of us were expecting. And Everything Must Go. Yeah, that was not a film I liked all that much, but I did appreciate his performance in it. So mm-hmm. and the fact that he was trying something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Will Ferrell. I haven't really enjoyed his recent movies as much, but. I don't know. I mean, I want to see Force Majeure before I see this. I want to see Daddy's Home Three before I see. I'm just kidding. I mean, uh, you can you can count me out of that one, but um, I did not like the Daddy's Home movies any bit one bit. I only saw uh, the first one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't miss much for that second one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm curious about it, not morbidly so, but I am curious nonetheless. All right, what's your number one? Uh, is there any question? <laughs> I think some of the some of the listeners out there might not know. Oh man! Well, it's a film we discussed uh, in no shortage amount of time on this uh, podcast. Here, uh, it's one the only Todd Hooper's or Tom Hooper's Cats. Whew. Uh, Nine days away yeah. from seeing it. Yeah, I, I have my screening on the seventeenth, I believe. Same here. Week. We're seeing it at the same time. Maybe we'll have yeah. a little conversation afterward. Maybe I, I don't know. I watch literally. I'm watching Star Wars, and then right after Star Wars is this is Cats. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are going to be doing that because it comes out the same day. We should yeah. mention that they're both coming out the December twentieth. Yeah, so the screenings so, are the same day. Like uh, Star Wars is in the morning, Cats is in the afternoon. Okay, I haven't heard anything about Star Wars. I may not be getting a screening for it, but I do have a screening for Cats. And by golly, am I going? Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Cats, uh, we've talked about this a lot. I'm not going to delude this conversation much more than we already have. Um, it, it's just one of those movies, uh, or it's one of those musicals that I, I think most people in the music community are like, you know, we don't really get it, but it's very popular. Um, and it's you know, it's sold out multiple times on Broadway and off Broadway. Um, it, it's one of those musicals. I think most people, even if they're not really into musicals, know to some extent, at least one or two songs and the name, obviously. But, um, you know, it was just like, why are they making it? It, it, it seems like from a executive standpoint, it makes sense. Like, oh yeah, we should make a movie about cats, but it's also like logistically, how do you make a movie about cats? Because you put like, them in costumes. Just, I, yeah. I don't know. I well, feel like you the, could have like amazing costumes and you could make this thing work a, without all the CGI stuff. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that like when they announced like, you know, Tom Hooper is involved, it's like, okay, he's known for his close ups. So that's not going to work for this. Uh, And then it was just like, we're going to use digital fur technology. It's like, all right, this is going to be a disaster. 
of an epic proportion. And sure enough, that trailer was, uh, you know, exactly what I expected, if not even worse than I anticipated. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like the marketing for the film has uh, noticeably died down after that trailer came out. Like they released one other trailer and they've been doing a lot of social media stuff. But it seems like Universal, at least, is uh, recognizing that this may not be the awards contender they initially thought it was going to be. And I think they're kind of pushing more for 1917 instead. But same time, it could be a major hit. Like, that's the thing is that like December musicals traditionally, even if they're not that good, have done well. Like we're looking at like Greatest Showman, for instance, a couple years ago. That's right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe not Mary Poppins Returns, because I think that underperformed, if I remember. A little bit. Yeah, it wasn't the biggest hit uh, for sure. But there was another December musical that's that's eluding me that came out in the last couple of years. I remember doing well. Um, Do you know what that is? The last couple of years? If so, I don't know Mm. if it was a December film. Maybe, but I just, I mean, people love musicals and rightly so. I mean, they're a lot of fun. You can bring, you know, the family to them. And I, I, I think there could be a greater chance of this doing well than people are anticipating just off of name recognition and the talent involved. Would you count uh, La La Land? Yeah, that was it. That was what I was thinking of. I knew it was like somewhat recently. It was in, it was around this this time of the year. Um, Yeah, I, I don't expect Cats to be good. I expect it to be a flaming dumpster fire of a movie, but... I'm very curious what it's going to be. I'm fascinated to see the film uh, and I'm fascinated to see what the response is going to be and how it does the box office. But no matter what, good or bad, it's going to be, well, probably bad. I I can't see this being good, but no matter what, it's going to be an experience and I cannot wait. Are you, are you going to read the T.S. Eliot poems in preparation? (laughs) I've seen cats before though. I've, I've seen it on, on the stage yeah you mentioned that i i'm going into this totally totally fresh uh no my my kitty litter has not been soiled when it comes mm-hmm. to the story so i uh i don't know well i i don't know what to expect am i gonna love this is this gonna be my favorite film of the year that's a question john negroni <laughs> needs to answer not me <laughs> yeah i want you to answer it for me thank you but all right that's cats it's your number one morbidly curious dark horse film all right, my, my number one dark horse is A Hidden Life, which is probably, for some people who know what that is already, are going to call nonsense. They're going to say, John, how is that a dark horse? Premiered at Cannes Film Festival. It is like a film that critics love, I guess. I don't know. I haven't really looked at the, the Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's mostly positive. Well, here's the thing. And I should say another Fox Searchlight film. It's a trifecta. I don't like Terrence Malick films. I don't. I don't like Tree of Life. I don't like Night of Cups or whatever that film was. I don't remember hardly anything about it. I There's just something about Terrence Malick's filmmaking that I do not connect with. Well, do you like Badlands at least? No, or, I don't like Badlands. Uh, um, I don't like, uh, I, I give it a shot because, you know, the 70s are a gap for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't watch his other 70s film, the Days of Heaven one. That was the 80s, I think. Are, are you sure? I thought that was like mid 70s, but I'd be wrong. I thought you released like one a decade until Tree of Life. And then like you just like. I better get busy making movies. And he like just like a bunch of them. <laughs> um, but like he had like the Thin Red Line before that um, or before Tree of Life. I mean, yeah, I don't like and, Thin uh, Red Line. Um, and a new world. Th- well, new world. Yeah. I just there's something about this filmmaker where th- there's something about the way he writes characters and just the way he makes his movies. I don't connect. I, it's not that I think he's a bad filmmaker. I don't think that you're wrong to like his films. I don't think and I'm talking to you. Well, it's not that I think that there's there's something about him that's, you know, is like, oh, people just don't realize how bad he is. It's nothing like that. It's just my personal tastes just do not line up with this filmmaker for whatever reason. I'm very sorry to say it, but I'm morbidly curious about this film because I've seen the trailer and I've read some of the reactions to it and there's something about it that makes me want to see it. 
And I don't know if it's the subject matter itself. It's it's about a conscientious objector in World War II who he refuses to fight for the Nazis. Um, a regular a, an Austrian axel ridge. But it's that kind of thing, yeah. But it, it more in the sense of like not that he's a pacifist, but that he doesn't believe yeah. in the cause. And right, I, there's something about the trailer where I, I was I was digging it. I was digging the the way it was being shot and and shown off and. I'm into it. So I, I don't know what what's in the cards for this one and how how much Oscar conversation I might get. I don't think it's getting a ton. It's going to come out on the 13th, so uh, just a few days from now. I'm not sure when I'm even going to be able to see it. It's a really long movie, too. 174 minutes. I don't know. A- am I crazy, Will? Should I, should I be morbidly curious about A Hidden Life? Well, well, you're definitely crazy. I mean, that that, that has nothing to do with this movie or anything. But <laughs> just just my um, Terrence Malick yeah. <laughs> opinions. Well, just in general, I suppose. But oh, um, oh wow, okay, all right. I tease, I tease. Um, but no, I mean, I I definitely enjoy Terrence Malick's work more than you. Um, I can't really, you know, I I, I could go on and on about how why I think he's a great filmmaker, but ultimately, I I, th- I think his movies they either work for you, they don't. Uh, he, he has a very specific style. Um, I know that I think to your point, uh, just to kind of speed a little bit, I've heard that his screenplays are like beautifully vivid and very richly realized, but I think he kind of does um, something where he like kind of throws the script out as he's making and just kind of like finds a movie in post-production. So I, I don't really want to des- besmirch his uh, screenwriting process uh, just to be clear, but um, no, I, I mean, I wasn't crazy about Night of Cups. Um, I like To the Wonder Fine. It didn't really work as well for me as Tree of Life, but Tree of Life, I mean, that's easily in my favorite movie of the decades list. Um, I think it's an amazing film, an amazing accomplishment, um, and it's uh, it's disappointing that you don't like it, but no, well, it is what it is. What's your favorite Terrence Malick film? Probably Tree of Life, honestly. Um, okay, I do like Badlands a lot. I I haven't seen um. Days of Heaven or Thin Red Line, but um, I... Oh, you should. Well, I was going to yeah. say Thin Red Line is the closest one that I... Because I appreciate that film on a more objective level. And I, I should have said, like, one of the other reasons I'm kind of into Hidden Life is that he's re-exploring that time period. Because yeah. I don't think he's done World War II since, uh, if I'm mistaken. I know he's he's done uh, another film that I haven't seen. The the one that he... Uh, oh, my gosh. New I, World? It was like an IMAX thing. No, oh, it, was, uh, it was... Voyage of Time. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Um, it was like a documentary or something. I don't know too much about it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if actually, that covered. That, yeah, that actually come out. Like, I don't know if I've ever. If, I'm not if sure. It did it got a very quiet release? If it did, um, I know it premiered. Uh, I remember. Right. I remember it was because it's like 2016. Um, yeah, well, there's like two versions of it. There's like a feature length yeah. version and the IMAX version that you talked about. It, it might be the case that the IMAX version didn't get released bigger, but I, I didn't see I it. Was the so. opposite. I thought it was like the IMAX got like a quiet release and that the theatrical uh, film like version didn't get a proper release. But I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to um, Hidden Life. Oh, and I wasn't really super crazy about Song the Song either, but I think I liked it a little more than Night of Cups. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoy Terry Mack's films. He, he's easy to parody. It's easy to criticize, but um, there is something very poetic and spiritual about his films when they work. And this one, like you said, the trailer looks amazing. Um, I'm definitely going to make a point to see this one in theaters if I can. I've been, even though I wasn't crazy about them, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see, uh, his past three films, uh, in theaters. So I'm definitely going to try to make a point to see this one on a big screen, as big a screen as possible. And, uh, I, I hope to really enjoy it. I mean, I could easily see this being in my, uh, top 10 for the end of the year if I like it as much or anywhere near as much as, uh, Tree of Life. So, and I hope you dig it too, yeah. but we'll see. Well, we already know about the tree of life. I'm curious about where that life has been hiding. 
So I'll be watching <laughs> a hidden life as soon as I can. All right, those are our three dark horses. Let's finish this out by doing. Oh, you, were, uh, you were right. It was seventy eight for Days of Heaven. Oh, okay. So well, it wasn't mid seventies then. It was like late seventies. So we were in between what we both said. Um, okay, we're gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna spring this on you, well. Sure. So you you don't know I'm doing this, but there's a lot of other films that we didn't talk about. That we yes. just didn't make it onto our list, right? But we don't have time to just go through. You know, it's, we don't want to bore the listeners for sure. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say the name of the film and maybe like yeah. one or two things about it, and we're we're gonna we're gonna give a yay or nay on whether or not we're let's say this i don't know if excited is the word but we're just like sold maybe okay let's just say let's just put it in that loose terms we'll we'll find this in post-production how about that all right we'll start with uh we'll start with the wide releases so because there was a lot of wide releases we didn't get to first up Mm -hmm. black christmas sorority thriller april wolf wrote it co-wrote it Uh yay or nay like yay i mean i'm curious about it i'm planning to check out the original black christmas before this and uh you know, I'm I'm surprised by the PG-13 rating, but it has Emma Jean Poots, and uh, it looks like they're taking it in an interesting direction. So I'll give it a yay. Yeah, I give it a yay as well. And if you give it a nay, we'll just leave it at that because we don't have time to talk about all these. Sure. All right. This is a Netflix film, Six Underground, Michael Bay action nay. thriller starring Ryan Reynolds. Yay or nay? Nay. I say nay, but with the caveat that I am going to watch it. This comes out December 13th. Yeah, that's, that's basically. Yeah, I'll watch it on Netflix because it's on there. It's like, why not? All right. Uh, also, December 13th, Bombshell. Yay or nay? This is Nicole Kidman, Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, Fox uh, News, Roger Ailes, all the words. Yay with the question mark? <laughs> I say yay. I'm anticipating it. I want to see it. The trailer for it is just kind of weird. Like, I, I don't know. Jumanji, the next level. Uh, I'll give it a nay, with the exception of the one solo yay for um, Dan DeVito. Hmm. Uh, this is the one I'm a little bit more in between. I'm going to say nay. Because it, the trailers just have not wowed me yet, but hmm. I'm actually it. the opposite. Like I, I didn't really care for that last one, but um, I, I the trailers are kind of working on. But I know we're we're speed rounding, so go ahead, huh. keep going. Yeah, this is a speed round. Richard Jewell, yay or nay? Uh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Uh, Uncut gems. We already know that's a yay. Yeah, yeah. Cats. We already know that that's a. Is that a yay? Because I know you're morbidly curious, but does that count? Oh, I mean, I'm seeing it. I mean, so I mean. I'm there. Um, Ugh, I'm a yay on cats. Yay. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. So we're on December twentieth. Uh, yay, yay as well. Come on, Star Wars. Uh, yeah, I mean, follow up to Last Jedi. December twenty fifth. Uh, we have nineteen seventeen. I've already seen it. Yay. All right, I see it Wednesday. Little Women. I think it sounds like you're a yay on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a yay. Spies in disguise. I might see this early. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to. Me too. Um, nay? I say nay. Like, I don't. Slight nay. I don't know. I, I, I appreciate the absurdity of the premise, but. Yeah. Nay, but it could go either way. Good. Yeah, exactly. January 3rd, we have the reboot of The Grudge. What are you thinking? This is uh, Nicholas Pesci, uh, yeah. Sam Raimi produced. I'll go yay because I like the director. I'll go yay because I like the cast. Andrew Riseborough, Jackie Weaver, John Cho, Betty Gilpin. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Informer comes out on January 10th. Um, this is a What's wide this? release, believe it or not. Uh, what is this? So it's uh, it's about an ex-con who goes undercover and returns to jail to infiltrate the mob. Joel Kinnaman, oh, Rosamund Pike. Seen this before. Uh, it's directed by Andrea DiStefano. Um, I- I'll say nay unless I see a trailer and it like blows my mind. Yeah, it's like a it's like a middle yay nay 
in between a i mean i haven't seen anything from this need, so not, need more information a yeah <laughs> but that that premise sounds like generic as hell yeah yeah uh also coming out that day like a boss rose Byrne, tiffany haddish uh, Salma hayek i want to say yay because uh miguel miguel arteta or, yeah arteta is directing it but that the trailer looks bad it's so it looks nay. awful yeah i'm a nay my spy dave batista and chloe coleman i think they they uh delayed this uh chloe coleman from big little lies uh, yeah. This is Peter Seagal, Anger Management, Get Smart, Second Act. What do you oh, think? Yeah, I forgot about Second Act. <laughs> uh, nay? It just looks like, you know, yeah. generic. Nay for me as well. Underwater. This is uh, another Fox Disney joint. Kristen Stewart, TJ Miller, Jessica Henwick. It's a yay for me. It's a yay, yeah. I'm, I don't know. It's a little weird that we're getting a big movie with TJ Miller, but I know this was filmed before yeah. the controversy and stuff. And I like Kristen Stewart a lot, and I think this trailer looks fun, so I'll give it a yay. Same here. All right. January 17th, you have Bad Boys for Life from Sony. Uh, nay. <laughs> Same. I, I don't like the Bad Boys movies as much. I haven't uh, seen them. Uh, we might have to sure. talk about that off we'll the leave, air. We'll leave it that. Doolittle. I know this was in your honorable mentions from Morbidly Curious. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Universal Film. Uh, uh, Michael Sheen, Jesse Buckley, Antonio Banderas. Tom Holland is the voice of something. You like that, right? Like Spies in uh, Disguise yeah. and Onward. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Octavia Spencer's Bam Bam. Yep, um, uh, John Cena, Camille Nanjiani. It's a crazy cast. What do you think? Do little. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an enthusiastic nay. I give it a half-hearted yay. But I when actually, I say enthusiastic I nay, it. it means like it's. I really want to see it. Yeah, but I know it's gonna be bad, so it's enthusiastic, but it's also a nay. The gentleman. This is the next Guy Ritchie film. It's like a crime comedy. STX is making it, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding. I'm a huge yay. Yeah, I'm a yay on this. It looks fun. And I like to see Guy Ritchie back in doing Guy Ritchie things. Yes. Uh, Run. This is a new suspense thriller from Anish Ganti and Lionsgate. Uh, he was the director of Searching. So I'm a yay. Mm-hmm. I want to see what this guy has up his sleeve next. Uh, sure. I don't. I haven't seen anything for this promotion wise or plot wise, but I'll give it a yay. Yeah, same here. Also, January 24th, The Turning. This is another horror film. Stars Mackenzie oh, yeah. Davis, Brooklyn Pr- Prince, Finn Wolfhard. I'm like a kind of yay. I'll see it. Yeah. Universal. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It, it looks like it's kind of like a generic January horror film, but I like Mackenzie Davis a lot. So yeah. I'll give it a yay. It looks cool. It looks kind of creepy, too. January 31st, we have Gretel and Hansel. Big twist on the naming there. This is a dark fairy tale horror movie. It stars Sophia Lillis from the It movies. What do you think? Uh, Maud yay? Yeah. I I'm a nay. I don't really care about Hansel and Gretel, but I'll probably do I. I hope it surprises me. But it's a direct. It's Osgood Perkins, and I, it's only a couple films were interesting, so I'll give it. It looks like they're giving it like the witch treatment, which is going to be weird. Yeah, it's supposed to be like pretty freaky. It's not uh, for yeah. the faint of heart. It's not. It's not uh, the prequel to the Jeremy Renner. <laughs> you yeah. know. So a curious yay. Curious yay. Uh, the Rhythm Section, also January 31st. This is the revenge thriller novel adaptation starring Blake Lively, Jude Law, Max Cassell, Sterling K. Brown, Paramount is making this. I'll give it a yay. It looks fun. Yay for me as well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. For a January movie. Uh, Birds yeah. of Prey comes out February 7th. Uh, this is the the uh, Margot Robbie film, The Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn, I think is the subtitle. Uh, crazy mm-hmm. Big Cast, Rosie, Pere- Rosie Perez, Ewan McGregor, Ali Wong. I'm a big yay. I want to see this. Yeah, I'm a yay as well hopefully it's good uh this was in your honorable mentions but and it comes out on valentine's day but fantasy island horror <laughs> reboot of yeah. the 70s blumhouse or the 70s show from and blumhouse is making it with sony lucy hale michael pena michael rooker yay or nay uh i'm gonna give it a nay just because i, I want to give it the yay for the premise and also the cast i like the cast for the most part 
Um, actually, for the I think for the all together, there's nobody. I don't know why I said most part. I think everyone looks is good. Um, but I just the, the director is a guy who did Never Back Down and Kick Ass Two and uh, Truth or Dare, and that was the that was he just keeps making stinkers. And I don't, I feel like this one doesn't look very good. So I'm yeah, I'm with you. I haven't seen a trailer or anything, but I'm not. I don't know the show, so I don't really know what it's ripping or riffing off of. So I'm a nay. Uh, the photograph. This one is a yay for me. This this is the romance drama starring Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield, and uh, Stella McGee is directing. Th- this looks like a really solid like Valentine's Day movie to me. Uh, I haven't heard or seen anything about this, but I like the cast. So I'll give it a yay. I've seen the trailer a few times in theaters, so I'm into it. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog from Paramount. Have you heard about this one? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, uh, again, nay. enthusiastic nay. <laughs> enthusiastic nay for me. Uh, blood, now we're getting into the the last couple of weeks. So we have February 21st, Bloodshot, a Vin Diesel action sci-fi movie from another Sony film. It's based on a comic book. It also has Guy Pearce in it. Okay. I'm a nay. Uh, well, I was a nay until you told me Guy Pierce was in it, so I'll give it a, a mild yay. Yeah, I just, I don't really care about, like, Vin Diesel movies right now. Hopefully it's good, though. Uh, the sure. Boy 2, the sequel to The Boy. Uh, oh, this the one Brahms. stars Kitty Holmes. The Brahms, yeah, as the Bo- full Bo- title. Bo- Bo- Brahms. Well, that's the name of the, um, the doll. STX, yeah. Well, the, the whole movie, I think, is like the Brahms colon The Boy 2. I don't know. But I'm a nay. I never saw The Boy. I don't really care about those movies, so uh yeah the, the boy was like surprisingly boring i remember like even though like the premise was kind of uh kooky and it, it just it, it seems Altogether like a fun movie spooky. to talk about yeah <laughs> um but I, this is probably gonna be bad so i'll give it an a all right and then the call of the wild this is the live action adaptation of the jack london story it stars harrison ford and you're probably like uh but it was directed by chris sanders director of lilo stitch lilo and stitch and how to train your dragon so i'm a yay just because of the director. Yeah, sure. I'll give it a yay. The Invisible Man. I know you're a yay on it. I'm like a half enthusiastic yay. Like I'm, I'm kind of into it. I'm not fully sold though. So those are all the wide releases. And obviously there's a ton more films. Like the, the indie films include like Daniel Isn't Real, A Million Little Pieces, like you said, Wolf Hour. Uh, we'd be here all day if we, if we went through all the indies, but I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk more about those films as they're coming out. But that'll do it for our winter winter movie preview next week. We have a lot of films, as we've already said, like Black Christmas, Bombshell, Jumanji, Richard Jewell, Uncut Gems. I don't know, Will, how we're going to find time to talk about all these films, but hopefully we will. Uh, of all those films, what do you think, if, if we're able to see all of them, what do you think would should deserves the featured review treatment? Is it Uncut Gems? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I think ratings-wise, probably Jumanji, because that last one was like a billion-dollar hit, and it's the source and, of yeah, a, one of our a video that we have on YouTube at <laughs> two point eight million views. That's <laughs> it's the so. Cinemaholics' favorite, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we should follow the money. Uh, so many people are trying to avoid Star Wars. I guess it's it's kind of baffling to me that it's so much content in this Not one. Not cats. Week. Cats is going straight <laughs> into the fire. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, let us know in the comment section. That'll, that could be our question of the week. What should we review between all of those films? Black Christmas, Bombshell, Six Underground on Netflix, Jumanji The Next Level, Richard Jewell, Uncut Gems. We'll try to catch as many of those as we can, yeah. but we do need a little help picking. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, as always, for listening. From the Internet California, I'm John Agroni. And for the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. See you next time.